the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello. Hi. Welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. Hi, sunshine. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Happy, happy, (laughs) happy on a Friday. Well, it'll be Sunday when they're listening. Oh, sorry. Recording on a Friday, but it's now happy, happy Sunday. (laughs) Uh, This is the Relevant Recovery Radio Show. It is sponsored by and brought to you by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have an amazing two-week detox with two years of free aftercare, peer support, recovery coaching, and microcurrent neurofeedback. We use IASIS with our two-year program. So if you or a loved one needs information about our program, give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. We also have a lot of information up about our program um, and our care model on our website. You can go to uh, mhdrp.org and visit there too. We're also on Facebook and Instagram if you search at Relevant Recovery Radio. Do you get any movement on there at all? Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, as per usual, you're listening to us in Houston at 1 p.m. on Sunday, Central Time. On, or On KPRC AM 950. Or. Uh, you can always listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Um, actually, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff on there. It's a free download. So you can go to the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to KPRC 950 live anywhere in... I was actually out of town last weekend, several hours away, driving back, and I was able to listen to the KPRC live channel on the iHeart app on my drive. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so you can do that 1 p.m. Sundays, Central, or go ahead and listen to us once they upload it to a podcast. You can go back and listen to any of our podcasts, any of our topics. I think Uh, today's episode, like, 112, so... I cannot believe these two idiots have kept the show that long. (laughs) Well, one idiot. How's your show, How's your week been? <laughs> fine. Yeah. It's fine, Donnie. Listen, I was making jokes about sunshine because Heather almost killed me in the car. That's Listen, not true. Here's the thing. Fridays. Death is relative. Fridays. Fridays are rough for me. because Every day is rough for you, okay? <laughs> and I'm sick of every day being rough for you. We're going to do this on the radio right now if you want to. Okay. Like, you are difficult. You complain a lot, bro. And every day is stressful for you. Every workday is stressful for you. It doesn't matter if we do the show on Tuesdays. It doesn't matter if we do the show on Friday. You are angry by the time we're trying to get here. But it's just coming here. <laughs> it's coming here. The time that we have to interact with each other through the week. Yeah, that's the time that's miserable for me. Yep, that's how it goes. <laughs> it's, it's when I have to leave work. So we have to record this in the middle of the day at some point, right? And yeah. so I have to stop working, get in the car. We have to come down to the radio studio. We have to record it. And, yes, it causes stress. Um, and I think it's also stressful because you and I do not set aside time prior to Friday to actually talk about the show. Yeah. <laughs> we literally throw a topic out. Like, one of us will throw it out. And the other will be like, all right, cool. And we don't really look at it. I won't even say the full drive here. <laughs> no, you were on the phone for half of our drive here. Like always. I don't know if y'all can tell how much she loves me right now. Bro. But 
Fridays are stressful for me. It's it's the closing of the week. You've heard me on the. I've been on. Listen, I've been on calls the entire. You can justify and rationalize it all you want. I've been on calls at seven a.m. this morning. So I'm a little tired, right? Uh-huh. It's now uh, one one p.m. Houston time on a Friday when we're recording this, and so yeah, it's a little crazy. And uh, I'm just asking you to give me a little bit of grace here. Yeah, I do. Give you a lot of grace. <laughs> I'm graced out. Okay. So, so <laughs> like I poured it all out. You're way, slathered in it. Heather and I work, our brains work differently. Which so is differently. What what makes our marriage good, though? So we here's the deal, people. Other. Okay, so I always do the work <laughs> and, like, come up with a topic usually, and then I make Whoa. notes. No, listen. I, I did last week's topic and the week before that. I don't remember that. But anyways, <laughs> I don't remember what the topic was last right week now. right now. So what I'm saying is, is I have a topic that is prevalent to what's going on in my life right now. And so I made some notes of, like, highlights of talking points. But the way that I make notes of these talking points is not the way Donnie's brain receives information. (laughs) Apparently, Donnie's brain can't get a freaking topic from my notes. You have to rewrite them in different words saying the same thing to somehow absorb my topic. That might be completely accurate. I'm so frustrated. Because the way my head works is that my... It's stupid. (laughs) The way that your head works is stupid, bro. And I'm like, that's exactly what I said. And you want to argue the whole half of the way here once you get off the phone. No, what it what it is is that you just had a list of stuff mm-hmm. that made complete sense to my head because I made the list to you. But in my, I like when I think of the show, I think of okay, what is the topic? How do we open it? What's the summary of the show? Why are we you talking like the about information this? different? So take what I wrote and make it different for your brain. I don't need what your brain needs. I don't. I don't freaking need it. Will just came back in the studio. I think he's frightened right now. But I think, I, th- I really think the background of this is, is that you and I have to like maybe spend 20 minutes maybe. at some point in the week. Sure. And talk about what we're going to do sure. on the show rather than 15 minutes of the car it's ride. It's like trying to go over the budget with you, though. Your brain absorbs it differently. You can either take what I wrote and make it fit your brain for what you need because I don't need what you need. And how did we fix the budget problem? I just started leaving you out completely. (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about it. You let me have complete control. But we can't do that with the show. I got to be involved. And and we do do each come up with topics. Um, And so, yeah, so I think that I think the fix is that uh, (laughs) you're going to have to calm down a little bit. You might be blowing this out of proportion. (laughs) Uh, And then we have to talk about the topic before Friday. Sure. Uh, but to but put it on my calendar. But also, you are correct that on Fridays I I do tend to be frazzled. It is hard to get up and leave my job because you know as well as I do when I sit down at seven a.m. I don't get up until the end of the day. Like I'm, I have a lot going on, and so but it's not really fair that I put that on you. That's true. So. Uh, you were mad yeah, at the so door, that... not locking properly on the way out. You, it was just like, really? <laughs> I, here's the deal day. about the key. I gave You didn't bring keys, so I gave you my keys. You don't like how my key works in that door. You know why? Because I gave myself the crappy key to not bug you. I gave you the good key that works. It's about compromise. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, so... We're going to take a break and try and pull it together here, but don't don't worry. One of us, at least one of us, will be back here in a few minutes on Relevant Recovery Radio.
Ooh, I like that intro. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hi. So, uh, we had to take a little pause there <laughs> and get straight. So, Heather, what is our topic for today? Murder. <laughs> no. Oh. No, no. What is? What are we going to talk about? Divorce. <laughs> no. No. Um, oh, I remember now. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the sane and sound sex ideal. The sane and sound sex ideal. So what does that have to do with recovery? A lot. So, um... And, like, like, why does it matter? So, for a couple reasons. For one, not operating in a proper sane and sound sex ideal has caused me and you a lot of grief and pain mm. and issues in our personal lives mm-hmm. currently, probably, and in the past for sure. Did you say currently? Did that <laughs> slip? Then, <laughs> was, that a, was that a faux pas? And then um, also... From, I thought that was the one area of our marriage that was great. Uh, yeah, but in a, in a one way, yes, but not in another way. Okay, you're going to have to elaborate a little bit. I don't no, want I'm going to just keep going. Here's, I'm going to follow my freaking notes. Here's what we're doing. <laughs> I just don't want the public to get a bad idea about my performance. That's all. That's <laughs> no, all I'm worried about. No, I'm not talking about the act of sex at all. Okay, well, well, what are we talking about? So the reason this is important in recovery is because you and I almost relapsed over our poor Sane and sound sex ideals. Separately, before separately, we even met before each other. Before we met That's each right. other. Yeah. And then separately, I know a lot of people that we love dearly in the recovery world who relapse um, due to sex issues, sex and sound issues. And so <laughs> your microphone's doing something weird. It's, it's wilting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work. You got to flip it upside down. Like okay, this. so we're not we're not talking about just the the, the act of act sex. Of. No. We're, we're talking about ideals around. Right. And so when we're talking about... uh, That was close. Dodge that bullet. (laughs) So just think of a sane and sound ideal like this. Um, I'm supposed to, as I spiritually grow uh, in my recovery or in my personal life, I'm supposed to uh, reflect on what sort of partner am I attracted to. Uh, I'm supposed to reflect on what sort of characteristics that man would have that draw me to him. Well, and because as you recover as well... Things change. You change. Yeah. And when you and I first got together, you were like, bro, I love porn. I'll watch porn with you. And, and it I turns remember, out that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, we, we were together maybe six months, and I think I flipped it. I was like, hey, let's watch it together. And you, like, completely disconnected from reality. Yeah, it turns out I wasn't okay with it. And so you had changed. Yes. Or lied. Or lied. <laughs> you know what? We'll add that to the list. Okay, you guys can't say what she just did in the studio, but she took her two palms. No, and you she... know what? I, I did the Friends symbol for I love you. Yeah. If you ever watch the show Friends. I... Anyways, um, so here's the deal. When I look at what is my sane and sound ideal for my future sex life, I'm going to kind of compare it to my past and look at my own mistakes or blames or failures. One of my mistakes is I'll self-will a relationship. I'll force a guy to have a kid with me. I'll force him to get married to me. And generally, I'll find men that are weak or yes men that will agree with me and let me be dominant. That's an accurate description of both your ex-husbands. And so I'm, I, have, I have a pattern. The problem was me. Why was I choosing that? Why? Why? And so when we're unpacking this sort of idea, what we're talking about is Water seeks its own level. And so why was I attracted to those things? Why was I seeking out basically the same type of relationship just with different people at different times? 
Okay. All right. So we're not talking, when we talk about sane and sound sex ideal, we're not talking about just the physical act. We're talking about... What do I value in a relationship? What am I looking for? For instance, everybody has different deep-seated beliefs. Everybody has different moral compasses. So if we're talking about it just within the confinements of actual sex, everybody has different ideas there. For instance, some people... Uh, believe in monogamy, and some people don't believe in monogamy, and they're cool with open relationships. And do, does the does the twelve step program care which one you believe the, no, in? No, the twelve step program does not have an opinion on what's okay or not okay. There, they trust that you will seek a connection to God, and that your God intuition, once you get it, will dictate what's okay or what's not okay. Okay. Twelve steps kind of leave it neutral. So they're not the arbiter, I think, as the language. Right, but it, nor should people in the twelve-step world be the arbiter of your sex conduct. It says that you can counsel with persons, um, but God's the final judge. So okay. the whole idea is to get connected to God, so that my God connection is my compass around my whole life, not just sex, but definitely including sex. Okay, so what we're saying, um, so I think some of our like our literature uses language like vanilla or straight pepper diet, right? So, so you may have some that think s- sex or relationship is just for procreation. Yeah. Some that think there's got to be like swings and straps involved, right? <laughs> right? You have two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. And so it, it talks about that everybody can be fanatical, have fanatical ideas. Other people might have loose ideas. Uh, and it says we want to stay out of this controversy. We're not the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct, that we all have those problems. But what can we do about them? Every human has issues in this area in one way or another. So what's the first thing you start investigating? So The first thing you investigate is what is my compass? Mm. What is it that I value? Right? What's important to me? And what was important to me was uh, tall, tattoos, and uh, 401k. <laughs> I think... I think <laughs> have you ever had that realization <laughs> that you may be a pawn in a relationship? No, yesterday you, you were yesterday, I didn't even kill you today. Yesterday you were screaming across the table, I wanted to be with a dirty biker. Yeah, okay, so when you I met you, you were in a motorcycle club. And, yeah. and you were cut. And, yeah, that was the lifestyle that was attractive to me then. However, within mm. two years, uh, I wanted, I secretly wanted you to get out. I did not like it. I was not attracted to it. It, I, it was old. Mm. And you were experiencing the same uh, yeah. discontentment we were, with it. We were growing together. You and I were going in the same direction where I secretly wanted you out but didn't tell you. You secretly wanted out but weren't telling me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I thought that our relationship was so superficial that the only reason you were with me is that I was in a motorcycle club. It was, was at a, first. I was a dirty biker. But then I fell in love with you. Yeah. Is that still the same today? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Today, it's like the unconditional self-sacrifice type where I don't have a choice. <laughs> There's paperwork involved and all kinds of crap now. No, I'm kidding. I love you. I do a lot for you. But <clears throat> yeah. so what I'm saying is, is everybody has different moral compasses and everybody has different deep-seated beliefs. I'd like to give a couple other examples. Okay. I love chivalry. Uh, I like a guy to open a door for me. Today... I- you made me so happy as we were walking up to the iHeart Studio doors. You you literally, you were ahead of me, but you stopped and stood aside and let me open the door. Yeah. That's the way we live our life. So you've always opened all doors for me if I will stop and let you. Mm-hmm. Since we were dating and we've been married, what, four and years? You, you've, you've 
started to fight that way less. Like, you'll let and me do And it's not that. even that I ever fought the idea of it. I actually love chivalry and old-fashioned ideas. It was just, I'm faster than you. I'll get to the door quicker. I want to get in quicker. It has nothing- Your little legs move quick. <laughs> It's really... I'm just like, uh, I want you to catch up. You go ahead and go around. You get in she's, the car. She's three foot nine, people. I'm not like three her foot little nine. legs carry her. I'm so... five two. Oh, I forgot you were that tall. <laughs> but I do walk fast, and people struggle to keep up, even you. And you're like, what? how tall are you? Six. Oh. Six foot. Okay, so characteristics. What do you value? What were you looking for? My point about the chivalry is that not all women love that. I, I think a guy should pay for dates, right? Mm-hmm. When you were date, we were dating, you pay for dates, mm-hmm. you open doors for me. I dig that sort of stuff. Not all women are that way. Some women are offended by you, uh, you opening the door for them. Some women are like, I'm women, paying half of my date or, you know. I've, I've had women actually say, I can open my own door, which is like insane That's my to point. Me. I'm but not saying one view share. is right or well, one view is wrong. I'm just saying this is my deep-seated belief and you and I match. We share the common belief that men and women are equal but different. different. We serve a different purpose. Yeah, you got to take out the trash, bro. I don't mind taking That's out the totally trash. That's totally your job. I get it. I get it. Right? <laughs> and so what we're starting to see here is that when we talk about this, uh, the reason we talk about sane and sound sex ideals as it pertains to recovery is because we have seen many people relapse over it. Relapse over it. And, and a lot of times you might be really attracted to someone early on and start dating. But if you end up dating or getting, you know, involved with someone with different deep seated beliefs, y'all are going to fight a lot more than me and you. Right. And then it gets. We fight a lot. We have the same deep seated beliefs. It, it, we have good sex. So don't go anywhere. <laughs> we will be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Well, <laughs> welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. Yeah, welcome. With your host, Heather welcome. and Donnie. She is, I don't know if you guys have been listening to the show long, but if you want to go to a podcast called New Beard Who Dis, <laughs> we are reliving that show today. She came in extra ready to kill me that day as well. I don't remember that at all, sir. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't trust your memory, you know. You're getting old. So we are talking about sane and sound sex ideal. That's right. And uh, why it pertains to recovery, because it causes a lot of issues. You know, it pertains to recovery, but it also just pertains to the human condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People in general. Um, Because relationships are about compromise. And I think that a lot of us have a deep-seated belief to grow up and fall in love and have a partner in life. And and that can be as abstract or ambiguous as as you want to make it. Um, Yeah. And all I'm saying is... You can like, put your labels on it if you want. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is in my mind, I had this idea that I really just wanted to grow up and be a wife and a mom. And I self-willed becoming a wife, not once, not twice, but three times. And I'm like, what am I doing? Boy, like, the, I mean, the third one worked out it's though, right? So, well, except for today, yes. <laughs> except for today, yes. But what I'm saying is, is I'm on a different spiritual footing, but early are, on... Are you? Yep. Just not right now, but in general, yes. (laughs) But in my early recovery, what I'll say is um, as I went through the spiritual process, like the step organ stuff, um, 
my sponsor asked me to really take a look at or even make a list of these characteristics that I hope to find in my ever, forever ideal partner. Mm-hmm. And so I had to think, what do I value? Okay, so wait, wait, pause there. So what we talked about is that everybody's different. Yeah. Some are one end of the spectrum or the other. doesn't matter. doesn't matter, but what are right? you? Do you even know what you are? But what you have to figure out first is what are the characteristics? What are your values? What are your deep-seated? You have to do a lot of introspection about you, yourself, mm-hmm. what you're looking for. Because I do value humor. I do value someone uh, that's a dominant personality. Now that I know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you and I are both alpha. No, I'm telling right? you, you do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I respect you for it. What yeah. I realized is, even though you're difficult and you drive me crazy, <laughs> um, I realized that my previous relationships, if I was with someone of a weaker personality type, walk I dominate around. them. Yeah. I walk all over them. They're my yes man. They're a doormat. And I don't respect them. And it doesn't work. You tried that a few times on me and it did not work out well. I got to test the waters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Those a few times where you're like, I need you to blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at you like... But at the Girl. same token, if I came to you and I said, this is really important to me and this is what I need from you and I'm, I'm saying you, you do it 100%. I Absolutely. know that. Absolutely. And by the way, <laughs> folks, we are not some crazy Bible-thumping 1950 couple, <laughs> right? We both have full-time jobs. Yeah. We both clean the kitchen. Yeah. We both I cook. cook. You cook. You do yeah. the laundry more. You make the bed every day. Like we, every day. We do this as a couple. Yeah, but there you, are o- just, you better open them doors for me. That's what I was going to say. There's a certain... <laughs> There's a certain respect uh, to it, and there's a certain amount of s- s- deep-seated beliefs mm-hmm. that we both believe in. Yeah, I believe that as my lady, that my lady, my lady, M- melody, my- as your melody. <laughs> well, that's accurate too. <laughs> well, that that I don't want you opening the door. Up I right want to open the door for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, out of uh, service to me. When we You're walk down me. the street, I walk close to the street and put you on the inside. You're my provider. You're my protector. And it's just that, that we have similar deep-seated beliefs. And which if is you ever lost works. the job you have now, I would tell you just stay home. Yeah. Just, just oh, be my lover. That. I would have you be like that. What's that um, That TikTok girl, the trad wife? I'd have you dress like in those <laughs> like country wife. dresses and all that stuff. <laughs> I would kill you within a week. But anyways, how did you figure out, how does someone so I made figure a list. out what they're... I made a list of mine, and I had to really pray and think about it and take certain things off and put certain was things on. Was anger on that list? That I valued anger in someone else? That, no, they just that you have it right now. And what was, I didn't know I was making a list about me yet. That's the trick of the assignment, right? Oh. Okay, so after I'm working this process and I'm making a list of all the things I want and all the things I value and what I want in a man, a forever ideal partner, then my sponsor's like, cool, you need to be those things to attract those things. So give me some ideas. Wait, what? you just blew over that statement. I want our listeners to hear what it just said. You need to be those things. To attract those things. So you thought you were going out to find a partner that had those things. Turns out I had to change me. (laughs) Because, as we love to say, water seeks its its own own level. level. So if you could imagine if I had a four-foot tube and I put an end of it in each... It's not that kind of show, Donnie. And I put an end of it... (laughs) You're so stupid. I put an end of it in each hand and make a U. I'm going to make a U shape with it. And I put water in there. If I raise my right hand up higher than my left, then the water is going to level out, right? You always try to visually describe analogies on a radio show, bro. People are not as dumb as some people from Oklahoma. What I'm just trying to say <laughs> is that if in each side of the tube, the water is going to equal out. So it's the same thing in a relationship. In what other- I am, I'm going to attract. And that's mm-hmm. what you're saying is that you had to come up with this list. Yeah. For instance, if I value a, a partner that's honest... 
well, I need to be honest in my relationship. Otherwise, I don't deserve honesty. Right. If I value a guy that's like loyal and faithful to me, I need to be loyal and faithful to deserve that in the first place. Better be. And what I had to look at is in most of my past relationships, I wasn't loyal or faithful. And right. I wasn't honest. I always and, have been. Uh-huh. You're, you're also not a liar. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, but that was, that was the internal changes that were occurring. I was realizing, okay, me and God have some work to do. I need God's help to mold me and shape me to what this ideal is, mm. to, to what it is I'm saying I want to deserve. I don't deserve it yet, but I want to deserve it. What I love in the 12-step world is when you go, when your sponsor's like go make me a list <laughs> and, I, and I did sort of glaze over it I want to mm. go make me a list 20 of your top characteristics you want your partner to have and you're like oh this is it this is about them mm-hmm. and every time your sponsor's like cool now you be it and I'm like oh come mm. on come man on. I don't want to change <laughs> so you sat down and you made a list of 20 of your top characteristics you wanted me to have. And then well, I hadn't met you, you yet, took the yeah. top 10 from that. Cut and it in then, half to, I cut it 20 and a half to 10, then 10 and a half to five. And I had my top five core five. characteristics. These are the things that are most important to me. And therefore, if I choose to date someone who isn't those five things, yeah. I'm violating me and God's commitment to each other. Do you other. remember what those five things were? No. So you take those five things and you start becoming that person. Yeah. So you're actively asking God for his power to show up and change you internally. And I will say this, um, I had done my last 2010-5, Sane and mm-hmm. Sound, around nine months sober. Uh, and I had done it before too, but I think it's like my third or fourth time doing it. Like, you can do them every six months or how, because I was changing a lot. I'm going to do it in the car ride on the I, way home. I hope you do it in the Uber on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, what I realized is um, the relationship that I was in before you, the guy I was dating before you, we were together about 10 months or something. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is at the end of that relationship, I felt so solid leaving it and knowing that it wasn't for me. And Mm -hmm. I felt real good about it because in that relationship, I was finally, for the first time in my entire life, I measured up. I was my sane and sound. I was loyal. I was faithful. I was considerate. I was kind. I was these things throughout that relationship. And, and I think you were building, because I know quite a bit about it, you were building a relationship with God and God was starting to give you validation, value. Mm-hmm. esteem, value, And so all I knew that that relationship was not what God got me sober for. Mm-hmm. I knew that that relationship was not God's will for me. And I knew that I deserved something better. You knew the perfect man was in Houston. <laughs> I didn't know that yet. Just waiting for you. And, uh, and so I felt really cool or solid or content to, to end that relationship and move on. It wasn't that he's a horrible person or deserves anything bad. It was just he wasn't my sane and sound okay so let's let's go from right there and i want i want folks to understand so now we know what it is why how we figure it out what happens typically that you see in people that are not in a sane and sound relationship what's what's the commonality so you've been in a not sane or sound relationship what what lots happened of, lots of trouble lots of lots drama? of pain lots of drama Lots well, of drama. When we see people in, what do they call it, the dysfunctional relationships. <laughs> the toxic relationship, the, yeah. Right, where they break up every other week or... 
How could it hurt somebody in their recovery specifically? So the problem is, is once you know what your sane and sound is, you're really operating off of a God compass of this is what God wants me to be so that I deserve these things like honesty and integrity and faithfulness. Um, and then when I choose to act in self-reliance and violate that, like I'm going to go have meaningless sex or hook up with a guy off Facebook Messenger, whatever it is, then I'm, I'm willfully stepping outside of God's will back into self-reliance. And that is problematic for someone trying to maintain recovery because recovery is dependent upon a spiritual connection. Right. And so if I choose to do things outside of that God compass sexually, uh, I obviously get disconnected from God. And if you do that enough or long enough, uh, the grace runs out and you drink again. I mean, I, I saw it in my own life. I've seen it in other men that I sponsor um, in that they will be acting out in a certain way that they that is not their deep-seated belief. And I watch them, when they begin it, when they start it, the texting, the talking, the whatever, when they're done with the scenario, they feel guilty, shameful, they shouldn't have done it. But then what happens? That delusion that you're going to enjoy, it hits and you go do it again. And this... Mm-hmm. And I will say along that line, within the 12-step literature, our literature, the only thing that gives us a compass about this is if you're using sex lightly or selfishly or loathing or despising, that's the only compass to watch out for. Okay, so don't go anywhere. We're going to close this topic out. I'm going to try and get out of here alive. We'll be right back with Relevant Recovery Radio. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. I am your host, Donnie Mosier, with my co-host, Angry Heather. <laughs> I literally may not, and I may not get back home alive today. Listen, it'll be fine. Uh, you, know so, that, you know that meme of that little puppy dog where he's got the little cup of coffee but, and everything around him is engulfed in flames and he just says, I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> that's you right that's, now. That's my life. Wait, did you just do a visual on the radio? Didn't you yell at me about they that too? They know much? what the meme is. <laughs> Everybody instantly knew what the meme was I was describing. Says the I didn't meme have to queen. talk about a U-shaped cone or whatever you were freaking doing. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about sane and sound sex ideal, why it matters in recovery, what is it, how do I figure it out, what do I do? So here's the deal, because you and I have the same deep-seated beliefs. Yeah, mostly. Yeah, mostly. Um we may fight and bicker and have issues to communication to work out and all of that, but yeah. our marriage is like super solid. Like I know it will blow over. I know tomorrow I'm a. I look. You know? I know that on the way home you will realize that you probably blew all of this out of proportion. <laughs> you made something out of nothing, no, and I'm then just, you'll probably apologize, and we'll go on about our day. It's not a big deal. That will not happen, sir. <laughs> Um, but so what? Here's what I want to ask. Here's so, I just uh, disassociate quickly. So in ten minutes, I won't even remember I was mad at you an hour ago. Or married to me. <laughs> or that you even live in Houston. I'll be over it. Okay. So what does our literature say? So there is here's because yeah. here and here's what I want to say. Let me make a statement, then I'll volley it. What I have encountered with men in the program, men that I sponsor, or men that I'm in fellowship with is if I'm like, hey, bro, should you really be doing that? Like, this this girl is two weeks sober. Should be, you be trying to date her? This girl has a, has 30 days. She's not through the steps. Should you? Should, what are you doing? And they're like, hey, my God's okay with it. How many times have we heard that? Hey, yeah. my God's okay with it. 
what does the book, because then, then it gets on this, mm. is it moral, is it immoral, we're back to being arbiters, but what, is the, what does the, the literature say about it? So what the literature it? says is if I am the sponsor or I am the person within the same fellowship that has spiritual consent to hold someone accountable, like, okay. a, like a close friend or whatever, okay. then I'm not allowed to be the arbiter of their sex conduct. In other words, I'm not allowed to say, you can't date anyone for the first year of your sobriety. Or I'm not allowed to say, you can't date him, he's toxic. We don't is, do that. Which is ridiculous, it's by ridiculous. the way. It's ridiculous. I what have we no do idea what God means for you to learn if you date him when you're three months sober. And when a brand new sponsor says, how do you feel about new people dating, here's what I tell him. My only advice for you, and it is advice, Wait till the, is that the you steps. get through the steps and have your first sponsee in the book and that whoever you are dating has already sponsoring people. That's yeah. my only advice. Yeah, through the steps, sponsoring, then do whatever you want dating-wise. Yeah. Okay, but, so we're not so, arbiters, so, so since what are we So since we're at? not arbiters... Yeah. And everybody's deep-seated beliefs and morality compass may be different. The yeah. only compass the book gives us is that if I am using sex in these four different ways, it's wrong. If I'm using sex lightly, like it means nothing. Okay. If I'm using it selfishly, like it's only for me. Okay. If I am loathing it or despising it, none of that is God's will. That's the only compass. And, and how many questions do we ask ourselves? What do you mean? Well, it says one question. Is it selfish or not? Yep. And so we have to ask ourselves, is my motive in entertaining this person self-seeking, selfish, or not? And nine times out of ten it is, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and so you I knew you were using me all this time. Mm. Now you know. Oh, God. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, but people are insecure, right? And so I get it. When you remove the drug and you remove the drink, the only thing you have left to do is seek validation or like have sex or eat food or shop. And the worst part is, is that and a so guy... a go- lot of people will get into sex troubles, food troubles, and shopping money troubles early on in recovery because they're not straightened out in these sane and sound areas. And a guy walking into recovery doesn't have the power a woman does, right? And so if a woman comes in and wants to act out, the guys are going to do it, right? Because they're weak. The, the, the women? <laughs> the guys. <laughs> oh, my God. They're weak. They're like animals. But what I'm saying is is that it is an issue in the 12-step room. It's that a human condition. It, it is. It is. Uh, newbies hooking up. And, and here's the problem with it. Um, and another thing You can is, do a lot of damage. There's a, a lot, lot of, damage. of damage that can be done. People can get reputations. And I'll say this like about my own experience. I'll make it about me. Um, the year and a half before I got sober, mm-hmm. okay? And so I was trying to do the 12 steps. I was going to meetings. I was getting chips. I was getting a sponsor. I was working the steps. Never finishing the steps, but trying, right? And I kept relapsing, but my, my pattern was I always got a guy before I got God. Mm. And I didn't have a solid connection with God, but then I'd be like, oh, this guy's showing me attention. Oh, he wants my number. Oh, he's pursuing me. Oh, it's flattering. Oh, it feeds my insecurity issues. Okay, I like the attention. And before you know it, I'm in a situation I didn't intend to be because it felt like a great emotional mandate at the moment, and, and, then, and then I'm relapsed. And that happened to me over and over and over and over again. Until I came in to save no, your life. No, uh, I got well before I met you. Thank God. I know. <laughs> and uh, and so it went bad for a while, and I had to really learn my lessons. And so 
early on in my sobriety this time, this, you know, I'm and, almost seven God, years sober. And God was involved in both of our conversions in this area. Yeah. And so he, I was like three months sober when this major God moment conversion happened for me. And, uh, and it's a part that's in the literature on page 71. And it says, if I fall short and stumble, like I don't measure up to page my 70. sin and sound. 70. Yes, it's 70. And wow, you corrected me on a page number. Yeah, I can't wait to tell Candace later. <laughs> so turned on right now. <laughs> Anyways, um, so it says if I fall short and stumble, does that mean I'm going to get drunk? Some say so, but this is only a half truth. It depends on us and our motives. Here's the kicker. If you are sorry for what you have done, you regret your behavior, your actions, mm -hmm. and you ask God to take you to different, you'll be forgiven. You won't relapse. You'll learn a lesson from it. But if you're not sorry for the behavior, in other words, if you continue to justify it or say your God's okay with it or whatever. And you're hurting people. And you're hurting people, then you're for sure going to relapse if you keep that up. People don't get to stay connected to God. Therefore, they don't stay sober with that kind of behavior. This is why a proper sane and sound compass is so important in recovery and whether or not you're in recovery if you continue to hurt people through these these motives or these things you are you're paying a spiritual price whether oh, you know time. it or not whether big you time. know it or not you are empty in a spiritual bank account yeah <clears throat> okay so i don't even know like where do we go from there like so now we know all about it we know kind of what's the benefit of it right so you and I have both had that conversion, so you had it early on. It took me four, I, but four I think and it still years. continues too. I remember like someone saying early on, like, "I want to be successful," mm -hmm. and but they say in the twelve-step world, like your idea of what success even is is going to change. When you're newly sober, you may think it's having a bunch of money in the bank, right? But after uh, you do the spiritual walk for a while, what you realize is having wonderful relationships or close friends or family or, you know, food and a home, a clean home or whatever, like that is success. So where you sit today, what is the true meaning of love and partnership for you based on your growth over the last almost seven years? I think it's the balance of give and take, the compromise, the yin and yang of it that I'm hoping that, because in my past relationships, I was just obsessed with what they weren't doing for me. They mm -hmm. weren't paying enough money to the bills. They weren't paying me enough attention. I was just very focused on their deficits. Okay. And now in this relationship, although sometimes I tend to focus on your deficits, but I'm more painfully aware that that's what's wrong with me. I have to ask myself, what can I bring to the occasion? What can I give to you? How can I be a producer of harmony rather than confusion in this relationship? Something's been weird over the last probably week, maybe week and a half. You must have had some weird realization because you have mentioned two or three times, right? So God's working on you on something because you've said, you know, you are so good to me. I love you. You've made those comments out loud. like Because I used me. to never say those sort of things out loud. I would think them. And then I realized I'm not actually vocalizing them to you, that it might really help you if I said those things to you. I love that. My, my meaning is 100, 100. Yeah. Um, I used to live the corporate relationships where transactional, yep, where my partner was like a salesperson and when they weren't selling me what I wanted, I moved away. But now we're in a covenant relationship where if you move away, I'm moving in closer. If you're not giving me what I want, I'm just going to seek you and I'm just going to seek what I can do for you and you seek what you can do for me. It's a hundred and hundred percent. So, and we have a rule where only one can be crazy at a time. Today it's obviously you. So I'm going <laughs> to let you, I'm just going to let you have your time. It's important to look at a sane and sound and find out what your moral compass is. What are the things that you stand for? Because, and if you feel bad, there's something going on inside. Right, because you got to find out what you stand for because those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. 
We really, really appreciate you listening today. Um, this has been a great radio show. You guys pray for Heather. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Hashtag God, though.